Hi, I'm Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I am speaking today with my good friend, Don Carpell. Hello, Don. Welcome. Hello, Jessica. Good talking to you. It's, I'm so glad you're here. I just want to tell everybody how we know each other. You and I, well, I still do it because I work for the cruise, but I have been working on a vegan slash macrobiotic slash plant-based cruise that goes to the Caribbean for like 17 years now. I think the cruise itself has gone for 18 or 19 years. And one of the first years I was on, probably the first, I remember in the dining room, Every night, everyone sort of mixed up who they sat with. But there was one corner of the dining room with one <laughs> well, of the big tables, like a corner, like banquet table, and <laughs> with all these women, and then you, right in the corner, like <laughs> a don, like a mafia don of the vegans, you know. And it took a while for us to meet. But then ultimately, what I discovered is that you were there with your wife, your three daughters, and I mean, all of your daughters have gone on to be with individuals they met on the cruise, correct? Two out of the three, yeah, absolutely. And to understand, that was actually the second year that we had attended the cruise. The first year, my wife, Madeline, who we are going to celebrate our 48th anniversary in December, Uh, and I went by ourselves. We have been vegan, plant-based for probably 15, I've been 15 or 16 years now. Uh, my daughters and my wife started a year before me. I was a, a holdout for a period of time. And then mm-hmm. we, we went on the cruise. Um, I knew of you, but you know we didn't really meet. We kind of hung back and watched what, what was happening. And then we brought my, our daughters. I have three daughters, uh, twins who are, God, they're 38 now, and my eldest daughter who is going to be 42. They're five years apart, or 43. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the interesting thing is Melissa had a very interesting career. She first was a stage manager for the L.A. Opera Company, and then attending a... I, I, during a break of one of her operas, she attended, I think, University of Washington, where they do the sign language with, um, I think, chimpanzees, became very active in animal rights, quit her job with the L.A. Opera Company and went to work for PETA. Well, when you have a wife and you have three daughters, I was dead meat in the sense that there was no way I, when she came back and she was, she became vegan, it was a, a matter of time. And I come from yeah. three, I had three, uh, two brothers and a, and a father and, and a mother. And we would order a half a cow from the union ice company and go through all the meat. We were very, very, very heavy meat eaters. And I continued to eat my chicken and fish and things like that. Well, I lasted, I think, 10 to 11 months before I was finished. And it was the greatest decision I ever made. Uh, we have, I have now, my wife is vegan. My three daughters are vegan. Our three son-in-laws are vegan. And our four grandchildren have all been brought up vegan. Mm. So that table that we well, took, 
that first year was just to fill the family. And we, I think, did that for the next eight years. We would have a table yeah. large enough to accommodate our growing family. So I remember going to see you in L.A. We decided to have lunch, and, you know, you're this lawyer in Beverly Hills, and I kind of am like, oh, my God, Beverly Hills, and go and park my car and come up to your office and get called into your office, and you had, like, dream catchers in your office, Correct. in your legal office. Yes. And I was like, what's I, going on with the Native American stuff? Tell me about that. My daughter, Melissa, when she was eight years old, went to a private uh, day school. And they had a trip to uh, the Southwest where they would go to um, Chen Li, which is a res- reservation off of uh, Canyon de Chez, and meet the uh, Navajo uh, pen pals that they were uh, writing to all during the year. And... Mm. I had been a camp counselor for 13 years growing up in high school, college, and uh, in fact, all through law school as well. I took the bar, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and ran a sleep out at the same day camp, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so I had always worked with children. I would lead singing at the end of the day, uh, and there was just uh, an, an ability that I had to relate to children. I was very blessed with that. And so I went as a parent, and I, we went through the Southwest. We would uh, hit several of the Pueblos and then at, end up in Chen Li, where, and they would meet their pen pal. Well, I was asked to go back the second year because I was able to keep the kids on the bus singing and happy. Well, that turned into 15 years of becoming one of the tour guides. I ended up being an adopted uh, Navajo. Uh, I would communicate with the elders of the Navajo reservation. I actually ended up working pro bono for a, the reservation, the uh, Shumash, to maintain a, a historical site in Ventura. And it became a passion of mine and became a very important part of my life. I ended up reading many, many books on the Native American culture. It dovetailed into a lot of the meditation that I had done since uh, law school. And I always felt that I had my feet in two different worlds. I think we shared, I shared with you at one time, Jessica, that I always felt I had to put my armor on, which was my suit, my Jerry Garcia tie, my cufflings with my uh, white shirt, and that was one world. And then my spiritual world was something that became very, very important to me and still is to this day. Well, I was going to ask, like, how, I mean, you've really answered the question, but how do you continue to practice law? And, and do you have other lawyers look at you like, oh, John Carpell, the like slightly weird lawyer? I mean, it's just, you know, vegan and groovy does not like a lawyer make generally. Well, it, it's interesting because I have had, I would say, literally hundreds of conversations on both of those things with other lawyers, with insurance adjusters, and people were honestly interested. When they came into my office mm-hmm. and saw what I had there, and they, they asked me about it, and I wasn't hesitant at all to talk about the Southwest and my the spiritual background. And... Secondly, I was very vocal about being vegan and the animal rights because we did it for the animal rights issue. We never did it for health, mm-hmm. although that was a huge benefit to us. Uh, but to directly answer your question, it's always very interesting to me to 
have in the back of my mind how to handle what I'm about to do from a spiritual point of view. And one of the ways I've done that is really, there's been many, many cases that I have convinced clients not to proceed because of what I call the cost. And I'm not talking about financial costs. I'm talking about emotional costs. I'm talking about spiritual costs. I'm talking about integrity where I have talked clients out of pursuing cases because I think after being a lawyer for 47 years, you've become almost an amateur psychiatrist because you sit there, you listen to the problem, you analyze the problem, and on my right hand is the legal solution, and then on my left hand is, is this the best thing this client should be doing for them and themselves? And I have talked myself out of several large and a lot of fees Mm -hmm. because deep in my heart, it wasn't the right thing to do. And I said, there are other lawyers that may handle this for you. Please be my guest. But from my perspective, I don't think it would be the best thing for you. Let's start our list. I'll begin. I got this coffee table that's probably like two feet in diameter or two and a half. And it's like a brass circle. And then it has another brass circle on the bottom. And they're connected. Um, you know, there's sort of a top tier and a bottom tier, and they're both glass. And when I sit in the room that it's in, and the sun pours through the window, and everything that's in the window gets reflected in the glass. And I just recently was kind of tripping out on the simplicity of, like, how cool a reflection is. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this glass, which is suddenly in my living room, is actually a lens. You know, it's a mirror Mm -hmm. of what's going on outside. And it was just so Mm. beautiful in the most simple way. And I thought, wow, when people first figured out glass, they must have been like, shit. (laughs) You know, here's this thing that's like neat looking. You can kind of see through it, but like it reflects. And it was such a simple pleasure. It was really crazy. So I'm very grateful for this this uh, coffee table and I just enjoy it all the time and I and I and I've done the same thing and and it makes you know I'll see something very small and say oh my god I walk out of my front door of our house you know I don't know if you know but we've moved up to Oregon Mm -hmm. and we live in a little town called Lake Oswego which is uh, oh, about 20 minutes south of Portland. And before the pandemic, I was flying back and forth to my office every week. Uh, I've been up here now for a while because we can do so many more things remotely. But I look out my window and I see our, our, our backyard. I mean, we're very, very blessed with this the house that we found was, is on the bank of the Willamette River. And I look at the currents and we're at this like intersection that the currents sometimes go both ways and there's like circular movement mm. of 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 the river and to me i say my god that's the flow of the earth that's the flow of life mm. that's the Tao. like you see the light coming through the table i see the movement of the current outside my window and i said my god that's mm. that's the swirling of life that's the swirling of life forces. How grateful am I that I could sit here, 
look out my window and see the current of this river. I'm going to say my next one is I'm grateful for springtime. When I lived through really hard winters, I actually found springtime difficult because you're going from this like sleeping energy to really massive waking energy very quickly. And I didn't make that transition very well. And often in the springtime, I would overeat or just not adjust too well to like the waking up. But I now live in Southern California, so there is no real capital W winter. And Mm -hmm. you can really observe springtime in a whole different way because it's so mild and gentle, and yet the same arc has to be covered from solstice to solstice. So we're at the equinox now, and it's just this very beautiful thing to see the sun come through different windows and hear different birds and the days getting longer. And I'm just really enjoying spring. Part of it is this house that I live in where I feel like I have more access to nature than in any place I've lived in LA. And so I'm really noticing the differences. And I have a similar gratitude. I, this is the first full winter that I have been up here in Oregon, and we survived snow. We had an ice storm that we lost, I I would say, thousands of trees that broke and cracked in the forest. Uh, And I told Madeline, and you, you brought to mind, that I was very tired of being cold. I had had enough. And yesterday was a bright, sunny, warm day. It was in the early, early yeah. 60s. And for our area, that it was, but it was a bright blue sky and gorgeous sun. And I walked out my front door and I stopped. And I felt the warmth of the sun on my face and on my hands. And I was so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. I was no longer cold. My core wasn't cold. I felt my gosh, spring is here. There is a light in the tunnel from constantly being bundled up because it was cold this, this winter and rainy. Mm-hmm. And it is this glorious switch that was thrown. And I was so grateful for that switch being thrown. And it gave me a renewal of how powerful and how powerful nature is especially going through the ice storm, and how minuscule our existence on this planet is. But I was grateful for the power of nature to have done, thrown this switch for us. I love that. I am really grateful I had some friends over today on my deck. It was two guys that I know from comedy. I've actually had them both on this podcast, Sean and Nick, and the three of us hadn't gotten together in a year. And I just love being with them because I love being with anyone I do comedy with because comedy comes from such a sort of twisted, honest place. And it's a place where all of your complaints can live and all of your truths can live, and it's a place that's completely unselfconscious, meaning like it's raw 
and vulnerable. And to, so to be with people who you know from that or who I know from that angle is so relaxing. It's just like there's no place to hide. And, mm-hmm. and we tease each other. We, we, there, and there's no sacred cows in the room. Like you can just go anywhere. You can ask them any question. <laughs> There's just, it, there's no inhibition or taboo. And I love that. It's so refreshing. Not that m- the rest of my relationships are all like buttoned up and Victorian. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. we do carry like society's sort of values and mores with us wherever we go. And that's a safe place to function from. And with a comedian or with a bunch of comedians, like all of that is thrown away. And it's very, very refreshing energetically. It feels very healthy. I wouldn't want to do it all day, but it, right. it, it feels, it's really fun. I am very grateful for my family because my family knows me who, for who I am. Uh, and I've been very careful not to be a lawyer 24-7. I'm a lawyer when I have to be or need to be, but that's not my life. And I'm grateful for being able to have made that distinction and keep that distinction. The relationships that I have with those people where I don't have to have my armor on, and I'm so, so blessed and grateful for the relationship I have with my children and grandchildren and my wife, too. And she still is my very, very, very best friend. I'd rather, and I've shared this with you, I'd rather, when we could, walk through the mall hand in hand and look at silly things and spend time with her than, you know, going out with a bunch of guys and drinking or going to a bar or going playing poker Tuesday nights. I have always been much preferred being with my family. I love that. And I've said my gratitude about members of my family very often on this podcast. So I'm going to pivot to something quite different. Recently, and I didn't grow up with these, but I have them now in Southern California every spring, is the kumquat. <laughs> and first of all, I love the word kumquat. It's just such a great word. <laughs> Second, and I'm sorry to come from like this incredibly like wide, beautiful, all-encompassing gratitude that you just said for like incredibly important individuals in your life, and I'm reducing it, bringing it all back to a kumquat, but... The kumquat, in terms of taste, it's just this amazing thing. Like, first of all, it's like a little citrus fruit, as small as, like, a walnut or a very puffy almond. You eat the whole thing, seeds, rind, and pulp. It's so sour, it almost makes you, like, squint. It's so sour. And pucker, it's also at the same time sweet and bitter. And, man, they're good. They're so good that I just ordered a dwarf kumquat tree that's going to come this week, and I'm going to put on my deck. So I'm sorry that you're up there in Oregon and you are no longer in the land of the kumquat. I'm going to say it three more times. Kumquat, kumquat, kumquat. kumquat. Because what a word. What a word. Right. Again, I'm grateful for nature for having created than avocado for me. Uh, we, I kick why? avocado and I spread it most mornings. I don't have toast. I stay away from gluten on a rice cracker. 
and a little bit of black salt, and I am in heaven. The taste, the saltiness with the creaminess of the avocado, mm -hmm. to me, is, is keeping the theme of, alive, orgasmic. Mm -hmm. It is just mm. incredible. And it, it's one of those things in life, those foods in life that bring that I am grateful for because it just takes, takes you to a different level. I remember when we would sit together, you, would, you were into a chewing mode where you could sure. have to chew a certain amount of times at the dinner. And every time I pick up the fork, I don't know if I should be grateful to you or not. I think about the dinners that we had and how I would take a bite to this day and put down my fork and slowly mm. chew the food. And in a sense, I am internally and forever grateful to you for having shown me that technique or talked about slowly chewing food and not just throwing it into our mouths because it enhances to me the flavors, the textures of what we're eating. Um. I'm grateful for my neighbors. I just moved to this new place in November, and neighbor relationships are so interesting because you're not necessarily friends, and that's okay. I don't actually want to be close friends with my neighbors because I'm an introvert, and I don't want the world knocking at my door all the time. Like, I need to invite somebody to my space and not just have mm -hmm. people around all the time who... who who are more intimate and um but my neighbors are just nice mellow positive people and one of them this guy who lives across from me his name's chris he's sitting on his deck a lot of the time and i come out the door and he goes hey beautiful jess and that's <laughs> like he says it every day and it's like could you do better than leaving your house and having a guy say hey beautiful jess every day I mean, like, I just have all the vibes to get when you leave your house. And I just thought about it the other day. Like, at first it was a little weird because he doesn't know me that well. But, you know, we're neighbors. We talk. And, but I just thought he greets me with appreciation every time I come out my door when he's there. Mm -hmm. And it's a lovely, lovely thing. Like, why not? Like, I'll take it. Right. It's yeah. nice. So I'm really grateful that I moved into this place. Your neighbors are a crapshoot, basically. And the ones I've met so far are quite, quite lovely people. And I'm very grateful for that.